A London gangster is transformed into a celebrated actor when he makes his way to London with revenge on his mind. Somebody write this. Hi, and welcome to Somebody Write This, where we use a random plot generator to give us an idea, and then we brainstorm how that could be a thing somebody might want to write. I'm Hannah. And I'm Jenny. And to help us with our brainstorming today, we have a guest. Welcome, Jack Pierce. Hello. Hey, how y'all doing? Hi, we're doing great. We're really excited to have you on the podcast. Yeah. So we, you're an author, you're a podcaster. When we were talking before the show, uh, you said that you'd maybe want to lean into talking about your podcast because you also have a podcast about writing. So Ooh. just tell us a little bit about that. What is what is your podcast called? What do you do on it? What kind of inspired you to start it? My podcast is called Terror Tracks. It's T-R-A-X, not, you know, T-R-A-C-K-S. And yeah. um, it's basically about how to write horror novels, how to write, you know, novels in general, because I've done, you know, many genres. But, you know, it's just sort of focusing on that, but also focusing on sort of like the publishing side and having to deal with the public and just deal with different things in the writing industry. So it's just a mix of how to write your book, how to get it published, what you do after you become a bestseller, you know, and just other general things. But then I have a second segment that goes into a weekly audio book chapter is released from one of my things. So you can basically get like an example of what I've done, you know, and then the last one is a little bit more commercial where I review Are You Afraid of the Dark episodes. Ooh, nice. So that's, that sounds cool. That's a fun collection of stuff. Is this something that you do primarily on your own? Do you bring other authors in? No, it's just me. Awesome. Okay. So I would love to hear a little bit about some of the, some of the stuff you're stay, saying on the show. I'd love to hear what makes as somebody who's interested in pursuing horror writing, what kinds of stuff do they need to really keep in mind that maybe is distinct from other genres? Well, I mean, the thing is horror can really be mixed with a lot of different things. I think I'm more like, you know, when I was putting all my stuff on Wattpad the last few days, cause I'm transferring a lot of my books over there. Mm. I worked at a deal with them so we could, you know, do that sort of thing after my Amazon contract runs out. But anyway, one thing you really need to keep in mind is horror really isn't just a, you know, spooky, scary stuff. You know, there's just a lot of horror can be anything. It could just be like dark topics that are just, you know, scary or just all sorts of things. You know, really, I've never thought Stephen King was all that scary, but he's the biggest horror author Mm -hmm. in the world. So, you know, I I just, you know, I'm more Silent Hill scary than, you know, Pennywise scary. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? I'm not about the big Mm -hmm. monster. I'm more about making you feel uncomfortable and just being in a area that's very dangerous and very, you know, creepy and, you know, mind bending, you know, react like, like trippy, I guess. Like Jacob's Ladder is a great example of what I kind of go for with a lot of my stuff. But, um, I've done everything. I've done slashers and stuff with the ghost writer murders and snow white murders. Those are both slasher books and all of that. So I've done a mix of everything, but the main thing is just have fun doing it and don't worry about genre. You don't have to, when you do a horror novel, you don't need to make, you know, every, you know, page scary. You, know, mm-hmm. you can just, you know, as long as it's sort of like the overall theme is scary. Yeah. So I, I, I think a lot of people, when they think about horror, they don't necessarily think about books unless it is just Stephen King. We tend to think of the, the you know, you think of Silent Hill and you think of movies. And so it, it feels like it would be very difficult to translate a, a, these very visual uh, ideas into into a book. So what is what's something that you found to be helpful in really bringing out those that that creepiness or that scariness and uh, and 
because you really have to work with the audience's imagination more than if you mm-hmm. have a visual image in front of them. So what are some things that you found to be really helpful for yourself in creating that atmosphere and, and stimulating the audience's visual imagination? I think the biggest thing is that people take the audience for granted when they think about, you know, I have to describe everything in the room for them to understand the thing. So I think brevity is a lot better than trying to make a long drawn out, you know, and then she turned a corner and there was a monster there. Ooh, I just, mm-hmm. I just think that's, mm. you know, when you try to sound scary, you don't end up being scary is what I feel like. <laughs> you know, it's like when yeah. people try to, that's what, that's just a sign of bad writing is when you can tell someone is really trying to, you know, push it hard. Like I've seen a lot of bad romance fiction that just, yeah. you know, that people have brought to me and I'm just like, you know, this is just, too sappy just you know just Uh subtlety you know (laughs) subtlety (laughs) realism immersion you know if i tell you you know someone walked into an office you know i only really need to name three things desk chair filing cabinet you know what you can know what an office looks like if i even have to say those three you know just like unless there's something particularly important like you know papers are you know strewn everywhere like someone had ransacked a place or caught on fire or something you don't really need to explain every single detail or really that much detail because people know what the office looks like they know what the classroom looks like they know what these other different locations look like so let them piece it together because i feel like it's a lot better to get on with it and you know tell the story versus you know trying to basically you know draw a picture for them yeah Right. Yeah. Jack, this was all really great, really interesting. Let's go ahead and transition into our brainstorming section. So we'll see how this, where this goes. Um, as a reminder, our synopsis is a London gangster is transformed into a celebrated actor when he makes his way to London with revenge on his mind. Huh. So yeah, Im- immediate first thoughts. First thing, for some reason, all I can think about right right now is Polly Walnuts from The Sopranos because that's what happened to him. Was he was cel- actually, I haven't seen he, The Sopranos. He becomes a celebrated actor. No, he was a gangster in real life, and then they ended up putting him on a show about being a oh, mafia guy. Oh no way! <laughs> oh, that's funny. So in real life, it was a thing. Yeah, yeah. So Polly Walnuts, uh, I think his name is Tony Cicero, or I can't remember something like that. But Paulie, oh God, he's a character. He's he's great in the show. <laughs> he's just, but gee, he's so realistic. And then it turned out that he got arrested like a hundred times or something and let <laughs> oh off with most of them. Just he has like, a lot to draw on. Yeah, he's a, a lot to draw on. And they're like, what was it? There was that one guy that said, you know, about Tony Soprano's mother, which I ain't going to spoil nothing about her. But he says, I think that they bugged my house because that woman is exactly like my mother. <laughs> just, <laughs> <laughs> like some gangster said that. So maybe this is, you know, the other thing that kind of strikes my attention on this is that the gangster is from London and then makes his way to London. So it's like some kind of return. So maybe this is I didn't even catch that. Yeah, London's in there (laughs) twice in in an interesting way. So maybe this is a gangster who was a London gangster and then like had to flee the country. Or like um, maybe one of them's London, Tennessee. Maybe, maybe. Well, I I I think there is a London, Tennessee. They had to flee and then come back. And right. find that uh, they came back to, to to take revenge on somebody, and along the way they get cast in in this in a, in a TV show or a movie <laughs> or something where where they find that their gangster past is actually kind of an asset to them here. <laughs> I, I love the idea of this guy just like stumbling on stage or on set or something, and the and whatever happens, and the director's like, "That was great. Can you do that again?" And he's like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> 
is the person he's trying to take revenge on now in show business. Ooh. <laughs> and and they like I don't I don't know. Ooh. Like they they overhear him <laughs> threatening them or something and they're like that was super realistic and great. <laughs> and yeah, this is this is my old buddy. I invited him on. <laughs> Yeah. And maybe it's something like, like you could end up with a sort of interesting tension where like, maybe he's coming back with, with a wrench. Maybe there was a whole bunch of money that this guy stole from him. And he says, and his friend, his friend, his person, his target is like, Hey, I can help you earn this money back on this really successful show. Just don't, you, you'll earn more back than, than I took from you. Just don't kill me and, <laughs> uh, and I'll make this happen and you'll get more back than you lost. This is already really fun. An idea that I would think of would probably be like if you had like the gangster was going to like the set because like the actor was like a, a rat or something like he was someone that ratted out like was, you know, telling Ooh, the director yeah, all the stuff yeah. they're supposed to know. And you know, he's going to, you know, garrote him or whatever, you know, strangle him to death. And then like they catch him. And it's like, oh, are you filming another scene? And he has to like play as an actor. <laughs> After that, yeah. to cover up this murder, it's like, where'd the guy go? I got, you know, he just, you know, he went somewhere else, like went into witness protection or something, whatever they usually say. Because maybe there's like special agents or something right there for something completely unrelated or somebody who thinks he thinks is a special agent. So he's like, oh, I better behave so they don't know who I am. Yeah, just, <laughs> just basically fake, just fake his gangster role, you know, just trying to cover up that murder he just committed. Yeah. Hey, the scene is over. Why are you still talking like that? Oh, I'm just staying in character. <laughs> I'm a method so, actor. Yeah, so that so that you could have some really interesting, some really fun tension there where they where uh, my initial thought was that they all knew he had been a gangster and they were like, doesn't matter, it brings realism to the role. But now we're thinking maybe they they don't know that he has this dark past. And <laughs> yeah. so maybe he's maybe he's like, you know, jumping in to give notes on how oh, yeah. <laughs> how things are realistic <laughs> right. or not realistic. And no, uh, no, and no. The guy like, would never say that. Trust me, to, like, I his saw hand too it. Much they will realize, okay, really? hey, you're the guy who was here like 20 years ago. Right. Oh, it's like Sweeney Todd. <laughs> it really reminds me of so many people from Long Island. And I don't, I mean, I'm not from Long Island. I'm from originally from Virginia, but I live in Toronto now. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. A lot of people that I met from Long Island, they all just like LARP as Tony Soprano for some reason. Like all of them act like they're part of the mob. And I'm like, like, dude, you're not even Italian. You're not even Sicilian. You're like Puerto Rican. What the what are you doing? You know, you're not even white. I mean, you're trying to act like you're in the mafia or something. But come on. You're not even white. Gosh. Like <laughs> yeah, so yeah, so like well, and that and that would be really fun. Like if he's if he's in this production in this TV show, or so I think it needs to be something that's like a long, you know, is, is, is guaranteed to do really well. So like he was coming into the like second season of a hugely critically acclaimed show or something. Yeah, yeah. It's not going anywhere anytime soon. And so like, I think it'd be really funny to have these things where like, he is surrounded by people who you know grew up on gangster movies and have these, these the, oh. the images they have in their head are very Hollywood eyes. Right. Right. And so you could have all these interactions where he's like really kind of irritated with them. Right. <laughs> he's like, you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> They're like, no, you got to make the accent stronger. Like what? Yeah. You got to add more. Hey, Oh, yeah. just all that stuff. You know, <laughs> You have to go around oh. kissing everybody, you know. <laughs> and so, so we have this, we have this, this wonderful comedic setup for this. Yes. <laughs> this guy is. So my my question is, I guess, what is our what's our what's our character's end goal? Is he still trying to to exact his revenge and then get out? Is he going to? Is he trying to get that guy fired so that then he can? <laughs> 
So it'll be, it won't come back to him as much if he exacts revenge. Is he doing one season and then he's out? Because does he decide he likes it and goes straight and never goes back (laughs) to decide he likes the gangster? Is the is the is the traitor the the rat trying to trying to take him out along the way and being like, here I'll get you on the show, but then I have a plan to actually take you out so that you Mm. can't you won't get back to me. because he doesn't trust him. He's like, of course you're still going to try to be getting to me. So all these all of these questions depend greatly on a couple of factors that I think we need to look at. One of those is that he's a London gangster returning to London. Is his old gang still there? And what do they think of his sudden new career? Like, do they learn yeah. he's back because they see him on TV? <laughs> Wouldn't that be funny? <laughs> I think it'd be funny that one shows up and he's like, hey. And then, and, and then the other factor that we haven't determined yet is who's the person he wants revenge on and what did they do? Because that will, like- that will inform the whole relationship between the gangster and his target. I liked I liked Jack's idea that he was the one who who ratted him out. Yeah, who made it so that he had to he had to flee. And yeah, but about what? About his about anything? About anything <laughs> about his crimes? <laughs> He's a gangster. He had probably myriad <laughs> options of things he could report him for. What what, um, what what I meant by that was: is it a situation <laughs> that has been resolved, or is he or incognito, he still- or does he still have to do something about it, or some like? I think yeah, you know what I I'm saying. Something I. Yeah, I think it's something where he still has to, I think he's coming back incognito. He's coming back because he's not revealing to the set, <laughs> to the to the production people, right. hey, I'm this right. gangster. So, but and his, so but his target knows who he back. is. His target knows who he is. And so you could have something something where one of his old, his old colleagues sees him <laughs> on TV and comes up and then maybe he's getting, you know, maybe there's some, some blackmail going on of I'm going to, you know, you shouldn't be here. And, uh, and so you, you have this thing where he is trying to like keep undercover and yeah. assuming that no, maybe, maybe he was somebody who hardly anybody had actually seen his face or made right. a connection between that. Nope. And so he's like, this is not a big deal, but he's still trying to kind of keep his, his identity hidden. Cause here's the thing. If he comes back and he's looking buddy, buddy with his target to keep this job and do whatever his goal is, do his mm-hmm. old gang members think he's flipped on the gang and the whole ratting mm. out was his idea in the first place. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. You have all kinds of tangled. Go anywhere. Tangled motivations where like everybody, and, and especially since this is already leading into sort of a comedic thing, you could have like this, you know, I'm picturing like this enormous <laughs> farcical ending where like, five, where like four or five different people are after him for different reasons, most of which are mistaken. Oh, of course. And, and, the, and of course there's and like the, three or four matching bags. With different stuff, and, <laughs> yeah, and and somehow it all ties into like the 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 live season finale. Or oh gosh, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe maybe that's too far for that. But like, but I, but you could do some really interesting thing, or like it all culminates at like a press event or something for the or like the, the Emmys who are there in line to to win a whole bunch of stuff. Like I think that would be really. I think that'd be so much fun. Jack, what are we missing? Okay, so there's a pause. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to get us a title. Our title is The Artistic Work of Their Father. Oh, well, that lends right into a gangster story, so, doesn't so it? So father connected to like, to yeah, to like the mafia family. Right. The boss. <laughs> there's art involved now. The art, or, or, or is that like, oh, good job on that. You know, good job on that. That was artistic. You know, like. I, mean, I think it has to be a little bit more. It has to be central to the story in a way that mm. 
their father. Oh, okay. So what if, what if this gangster guy who's returning to London has sons in the gang? This is an older guy. Okay. Yeah. And so his artistic work is the TV show. Oh, maybe not. Maybe that's too on the nose. No, no, I'm stuff is spinning in my head. I'm trying to, I like the idea that the, that the TV show is connected to no, that I, I don't know. I, I I like the connection. I just can't find a way to to hammer it out. For some reason, I'm 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 having all these titles pop in my head. Like one was like big screen dies or something. Big screen dies for yeah. for for like, like the yeah, yeah for like the gangster TV show. Like some like you know big screen like you know movies, and then the guy's gonna die. You know. Okay. Ooh. Okay. So like that's like the. Or Sons of the Father, if you want to do the father title. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah. So the, the title that we have generated is the artistic work of their father. It somehow that just, sounds, that just sounds like Van Gogh or something. Like some, it'll be <laughs> it like does. a paint, that guy with like a painting and it's like, yeah. it'll be like some type of thing where they're trying to get it back from someone who stole it or something. I mean, that's what yeah. that sounds like. Generators that's, are terrible. That's the challenge is to try to make it this did, fit it, now. You are absolutely correct that this is a terrible title. It is a terrible the story title. that we have. <laughs> what I'm curious about is if we can is the is 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 how we can make this fit what we've pulled together or how we can how this will guide the tone of it. Mm-hmm. Or and so so yeah, so I'm wondering if I get my okay, so here's here's my question. I, I think the way that this gets spun, I think you're right that the artistic work is about the the TV show somehow. And their father is the, the mafia boss, the mafia godfather, father, however right. that might be. <laughs> and what I don't know is how our London gangster is he he's not he's not the father, I don't think. He's not it didn't say yeah. he was the mob boss. He's just a gangster. Right. You're right. So I'm wondering if one of the pieces of this that we learn is that the the show itself <gasps> is funded by the Ooh. mafia. Oh and whether or not our London gangster knows that at first, but that could absolutely be one of the pieces kind of pushing Ooh. him toward, I don't know. Like, and, and yeah, yeah. There's, there's something about that to me, like that, that the TV show. And so maybe the, I don't, I don't, I'm with Jack. I don't like this title. <laughs> I'm trying, I'm fighting it. Um, I'm trying to figure out because it's got, it has to be central to the story somehow. Do mafia guys need to like send secret messages to people? Oh, hold on. Okay. I mean, I mean, probably. So hold that thought. Okay. <laughs> but initially, we had the idea that the that he gets he gets caught on the set threatening, or that he's he's and has to hide his identity, or he's brought into the set as a way to make back money that he may have lost over having to leave. Right. What if he does know from the beginning that this this TV show is like full is like mafia funded? It's like one of their big enterprises, <laughs> and he's and oh. and he's he's lured in. Partly as a, if we work together on this, you can get back in the good graces of the, of the, of the mob. Maybe mm. he didn't rat him out to the police. Maybe he ratted him out to the, to the mob for something. Maybe. Maybe falsely. And he says, here is your chance to earn your way back in by participating in the artistic work of their father. Or, <laughs> um, and so it's, it's, it's about like, we have this goal to achieve, uh, you know, whatever, whatever, I don't know. Yeah. There's something about that that I think might work. There, there is something 
and say, what if our gangster and the mafia that can, that is involved with the TV show are two different gangs. Oh, rival gangs, rival gangs. See, I have it in my mind that I was thinking, you know, maybe like the lead actor on the show um, actually ratted out like the mafia guy and he was went to jail for like 20 years and like, like, I don't know, Manchester, somewhere away from London. Then he ends up yeah. uh-huh. going to the guy's TV studio because the guy's like an actor now. Like right. the guy's like plays a yeah. father on like a sitcom, like, you know, uh, Married with Children. Ooh. Mm-hmm. And then he goes and tries to kill him and they ended up saying, oh, I like this character. You know, they think he's actually a character. Like the right. like the local mobster or something like the crime guy that's always you know has some scheme up his sleeve or whatever and they end up writing him into the show and through the entire show's run he's trying to kill the guy and he just never can get a chance <laughs> like he keeps trying to find like trying to whack him in different ways like the garage and they're like oh well, yeah he found the such and such or something and then like he just you know gets his gun it's like oh we ain't using that in this particular you know episode or whatever you just you let it just here and then they hand him something stupid like. I don't know, a stick or something. You know, like, you know, or a rubber chicken or something. I don't know. Yeah. So, so you, you know what this would work really well with is, is the kind of TV show that's only partially scripted, but it's also part improv. Yeah. Right. And cause then the guy could be trying stuff like even during filming and they'd go, Oh man, that was mm-hmm. so fun. Where'd you come up with that idea? Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Something like that. Like the guy just keeps trying to kill him, but never can. Cause he always keeps getting interrupted or something. I would happens. watch that. Yeah. Cut, cut. You're, yeah. you're strangling him all wrong. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I would watch no, that. I really like that. <laughs> and I, yeah. And I think if we connect the, the fact that this, this TV show is, is somehow funded by either the gang that he came from or a rival, a rival mafia family or something mm-hmm. that there's, you could have these extra dynamics of maybe, Maybe there's a producer who wants this lead actor to die because he wants to bring his nephew in to take the part or right. something. And so he's kind of like, you know, oh, looking past the safety standards and being right. like, no, that strangling looked great. Keep going. Well, see, now, um, now I'm picturing both, you know, mafia families watching the show every week and being like, oh, we yeah. almost got him. <laughs> Yeah, sort of like almost, now I'm starting to think about like why the coyote and the road runners with this end up being. Just he just keeps finding some new scheme today. He's gonna get him this episode, and he never does. Well, <laughs> like this feels like a very like like this feels like the kind of story that would be served really well by like a a a weird sitcom. Yes, because it has a sort of repetitive structure. You set up the thing, and then every week exactly. you have this guy working really hard to kill this person, <laughs> I, and uh, and some people are helping him, and some people are not. It all comes together in some wild way at the end. I, um, I even love the idea of progress. With, with with the rival gangs, like you know, the, the gangs are rivals. Obviously, they've been competing and mm-hmm. fighting and killing each other and whatever. But like, what if uh, at least on one of their issues, they say, "Well, we'll let to." They finally meet and say, "Well, let's let the TV show decide it. Whichever one survives, yeah. that's who gets the, the that territory <laughs> or whatever." Right? They're like, "This is going to be our our right," and 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 so they like keep slipping stuff on the set dispute and, decider, right? And 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 replacing staff. At the at the studio, you know, so that they can control it a little bit. And they're just, all they're all in show business and pop culture anyway. This is how we decide things now. Right. <laughs> we let we let the market decide. I would watch this. Oh my gosh. This is a wild this is a wild, ridiculous story, and I super love it. 
we are going to toss this out to our listeners and say, listeners, if you have a way to tie this in, if you have a way to make that title more in line with what we're looking for, uh, we would love, love, love to hear your ideas on this. We'll put all of our contact info at the end of the show and would just absolutely love to hear uh, anything <laughs> that you that you hear, that you think about this. We're going to go ahead and transition into our recommendations section where we each take a moment to recommend a story that we think our listeners should check out. I'm going to go with something that is not in any way like the story we just did. It's a comedy, but there's no gangsters involved at all. But I just watched Plan B, which was a movie that came out this year, directed by uh, Natalie Morales. And it's this, it's this great buddy comedy, crazy sort of hangover-esque movie about these two high school girls who in South Dakota, in rural South Dakota, who are on a trip to get a plan B pill because one of the, one of the girls made some decisions she was not proud of at a party and is trying to take care of it. And so they're, uh, and so they go on this trip and they have to, you know, they have to steal their mom's car and get on out there. And it's, it's one of, it's really, really funny. Um, it's got just some great acting, some great delivery, some extremely funny moments, but it's also a really, it, it hits some really beautiful moments. And so if you enjoy that type of comedy at all, I highly suggest plan B. It is, it is fun and silly and not family friendly, but really, really, <laughs> really a really charming story of female friendship when it comes down to it. All right, Jenny, I'm going to toss it to you. What's a story you'd like to recommend to our listeners? I would like to recommend a movie I discovered a few weeks ago called The Courier. It stars Benedict Cumberbatch playing a salesman named Greville Wynn, very British name. And he ends up being recruited to be a spy because he's a salesman. And they send him to Moscow to work on contracts with this source in, in, in Russia in order to get information back to back to London and the United States, basically. I think it's a CIA and M- MI6 uh, working together. And so it's just this ordinary dude doing this. And it's and it's a, based on a true story about the real Grevelwin doing this and trying to put an end to the Cuban, Cuban Missile Crisis. And so there's a lot of, it's it's really interesting. It's really well-researched. It's very intense, very touching, very worth watching. Nice. All right. Jack, you get to recommend something as well. What's a story that you think our listeners should check out if they haven't yet? Actually, this is going to be kind of a curveball. I think that people should go check out the YouTube channel called Blinky 500. He's a director that does a lot of like fan film sort of stuff. Like he's done stuff with like how Michael Myers and, nightmare on elm street fan films and he's he's incredible mm. the guy should be in hollywood he's one of the best directors you'll ever see nice and um he's just he's incredibly underrated it has ninety one thousand subs which is nowhere near enough for him but if you want a particular you know jumping off point look up his movie called skynet it was a, a terminator fan film he didn't also haven't watched his myers series but i hear myers the butcher of haddonfield is supposed to be a masterpiece mm. but i know his skynet one is basically skynet wins you know like it kills all the humans except for one and the last one is john connor well the crazy thing is the guy that plays john connor in this particular fan film was the real john connor <gasps> from terminator 2 like the future one not the you know the kid oh. but the one in the future they got that actor yeah. to come back and actually be john awesome. connor That's like so old cool. john connor and it's so cool and like it's like skynet like 
becomes like a person and she realizes that, you know, she screwed up by wiping out humanity. So she goes back in the past to reset the clock and not do that. But it was such a great concept, but it's almost like just a 10 minute conversation in a wasteland between John Connor and Skynet, where it just really goes into this really deep, incredible acting. It's awesome. It's just really, really good. That sounds awesome. I'm definitely going to have to check out that channel. One more little recommendation is actually not one that I was, I was kind of, in this one it was halloween the death of michael myers which was an hour of full feature length fan film that someone made in 96 and i ended up you know uh, doing some edit edits to it to make it a full movie and did a bunch of remastering and stuff on it but you can find that on rumble.com nice. if you want to see this halloween the death of michael myers is what it's called nice got some solid uh, october halloween recommendations i love it all right. So before we go, Jack, first of all, thank you so much for joining us for this. This was this was a wild ride, and I'm so glad you could be here for it. It was really fun. But before before we let you go, we definitely want to make sure that you get a chance to to plug your own stuff. You talked a little bit about your podcast. Tell us where we can find it. Any of your books, your name on Wattpad, how we can find you. Anything that you want to share with our listeners. Everywhere that if you want to find me on Twitter or Minds.com, which is my main place, Minds.com, definitely check it out. Love that website. Very friendly community compared to Twitter, strangely, mm. but they are. <laughs> um, anyway, everywhere that you want to find me personally is Jack Pierce Books. Anywhere else you want to find me is Terror Tracks. If you want to listen to the show, just go to Terror Tracks. It's T-R-A-X, not, you know, yeah. this com slash listen. Awesome. Cool. And I'll make sure and put that in the show description as well so people know how to spell it correctly and can find the right <laughs> the right podcast. Once again, Jack, thank you so much for joining us. This was a blast. No, you're welcome. All right, folks, that is our episode. And as a reminder, you can find us every other Thursday, wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at WriteThisPod or on Facebook slash Somebody Write This. And if you've been inspired by this episode and have questions or comments or a TV script or anything else, email us at SomebodyWriteThis at gmail.com. We would really love to hear from you. We'll be back with another full episode in two weeks. We'll see you then. And as they say, beat the water. And it is water. Mm-hmm.